Welcome to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm John Strohmeyer with the Five Star Council podcast, subbing in for the defeated Lawrence Coletti. I took his power, and now it is my show. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. We are recording live from the ABA Tech Show 2022 in Chicago, Illinois. Joining me now, I have Ivy Gray and John Tobin. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Before we get to our topic, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you work and what do you do? Let's start with Ivy. I'm Ivy Gray. I'm the Vice President of Strategy and Business Development for WordRake, which is an add-in for Microsoft Word. It helps you edit for clarity and brevity. Before joining WordRake, I practiced law for 10 years. So I'm John Tobin. I'm the founder and partner at Council for Creators. We help creative people build businesses, and we do trademark and copyright and everything creative people need to have a good business. Excellent. John and Ivy, you are here together because you were presenting at Tech Show together. Will one of you give me a quick rundown of what y'all were talking about? So we were talking about how to use tech to basically reduce the amount of admin work, make things more efficient. And what we really got into was automation and how you can automate different parts of your law practice um, using technology. So we kind of talked about the tools that are available, the philosophy behind it, why you might want to do it, what you get out of it, and how it makes your admin life better. And so whether that's you doing the work or an assistant, we're trying to make everyone's life better. And that's what we were talking about. And the best thing about automating that admin work is that you really serve your clients. They don't want you to spend your time doing the little things and sending those nagging emails or hunting for periods. Your clients want you to do that high value work where you're counseling them, you're strategizing about how to meet their needs. And when you start focusing on that and do less of that low value work, then you're providing that high value and service to your clients. This is something that it's so integral to what we're doing. Clients aren't coming to us for, you know, a liberal application of billable hours to their bank account. They want some result. And that result is usually a document that works, a plan that works, adopt child, divorce me from my spouse. How can we make that faster and easier? Technology, automation. So where do we go? Why, why don't we want to just hire more people? So a lot of times people think the answer is, either hire more people or, you know, use more tech, or there's really another way to think about it. If you use more technology, then people will have their highest and best use so they can do the most and provide the most value for your firm. And that's what I absolutely love about it. I think John has some great ideas, and I want to make sure he gets to answer this question. Yeah, one of the things that I was trying to emphasize during the discussion was that it's often a balance between hiring people and adopting tech. So there's sometimes there's trade-offs, whether it's cost or the kind of work that people are doing. And so one of the things we did talk about is how do you make that decision? Do you hire another person or do you use technology? And sort of looking at what work there is to be done and then finding out the best tools to do that work, whether it's people or technology, and then finding that right balance. And one of the key points was that technology is scalable, whereas hiring people is not. Uh, no matter how many bodies you throw at a project, they're never going to be 25 hours in a day. And if you have a high volume practice, then it's worthwhile to do that sort of work. And one of the things we talked about was that 
high volume is not a dirty word. It is a good practice. It's highly valuable. And that's where the people law comes in. So if you want to do more of working with people and serving more people, then you're going to have to find a way to automate that practice and make it volume so it's valuable for you. Right. Having Being able to help more people. Most of us got into this business because we want to help people one way or another. So the ability to help more people and get things done more is just part of what we should be doing. It allows us to do more of what we're here to do. There's nothing wrong with doing well while doing good. Excellent. John, one of the things you had mentioned was a balance. And I think it's not just all or nothing. It's not all automated where you can't get through. You might think about how things work at Amazon. You're in their app ecosystem, whether it's on your phone or on the website, you're not going to talk to a person. It has a lot of scaled efficiencies But if things break down, and occasionally they do, getting a human can be very difficult. So it's a balance between all automated, all human, learning these balances. You know, I'm a paid subscriber for WordRake, and the reason I do it is it's a different set of eyes for my documents. So without this becoming too much of a quick win for WordRake, Ivy and John, what are some quick wins we can find in technology if we're just getting started? So one of the things we kind of ended the session with, but I think resonated with a lot of people, is automating email. So that can be everything from labeling emails as they come in and then applying a rule that maybe a human applies. So again, even making that automation based on who's the sender or when was it sent, where was it sent from, that's an automation. And so a lot of people might overlook that and be like, it's simple, it doesn't matter, but it does because then you start to build up from there and you might have, okay, email template. So if I get an email and it's tagged with this label, send this template, right? And so these are all little automations that build up to a situation where, you know, what I've ended up with is most of my email is automated. Most of the email that goes out is automated because I have rules that have built up over time that allow other people to send emails on my behalf and know what to do. Clients get what they need. And so you have a person involved, but they're able to do a lot more. So how would you do, yeah, one example of how to do that in your email? So it might just be making a template. So if you get like, let's say you get a common question that every client asks you, or even a set, like you might even identify, hey, these are the top 10 questions I get. If you make a template that either you or your assistant can send out when one of those questions come up, that's an automation, right? So that's that's a really simple way to do it. I use a tool called uh, Mixmax, and there's a lot of different email templating tools depending on what you use. But I like Mixmax because it's right in the browser. I can go right, click a button, pull down a template, insert it into the email and have it go. That's an automation. And it's my assistant who actually gets the most out of that. So I'll make the templates, but she'll be the one who's actually sending out the emails. And so instead of her spending a ton of time writing them out or looking for the answer, pick the template, send it, move to the next email. Excellent. Ivy, quick wins? So I think one of the quickest wins that you can have is improving your file naming conventions so that your stuff can talk to each other better. And a fast way to do that is using Excel and the command prompt feature in Windows. And you can open up a file folder, take all of the names from that file folder, and then enter your new properly properly named and convention following uh, information in Excel. And then it will run through the command prompt. It will run and rename all of your documents at once. It'll save you a ton of time and it's beautiful. So is this through Excel or is this through Windows? How are you doing that? It is a combination of Windows and Excel. And if you're already in the Microsoft universe, it's not going to cost you a dime. That's great. 
I was thinking, all right, well, you're just going to come up with something simple of this is how we name things. I know in my firm, we use text expander to date all of the documents. They, we have a, you know, the snippet we use is pound DTE, shoots out the date, year, month, day. What we also get, it automatically sorts things chronologically in our folders. Mm -hmm. So you can go back and see for documents that were signed before, we're not dating them the date we scanned them in, we're dating them the date they were signed. So we can know this is the older version. Well, that's great going forward, but what do you do with that backward compatibility? And the command prompt feature with Excel Workaround is how you get your old documents to comply with your new plans. That is great because I, you know, I've been doing this for four years now. Everything's mostly been brute forced in. But for people who are saying, eh, tomorrow, you've already got the tools in Excel. Exactly. Excellent. Our last substantive question, John and Ivy. We're now back in person. We're back in conferences. You're sitting across the table from me right now. But let's be honest, we're getting our sea legs back as we learn to deal with people in person. What's the most awkward conference moment you've had so far? So um, when I got here yesterday, I was really excited to see somebody, didn't think about it, and just went in for a hug. And then I realized maybe I should have asked first. So it was something I'm not used to yet. And now I know going forward. So... I think the most awkward thing is that I've wanted to eat everything and I'm wearing a mask and I can't eat a lot of things right now. So uh, I, I am awkwardly attempting to partake and then keep forgetting once it gets close to my mouth. <laughs> so it's just like stopping short and people are, you know, idea not committed. It's strange when you take a candy bar and smash it into your mask. <laughs> well, I have not had that problem. I will be more in the camp of John where... I'm seeing people I haven't seen in a couple years. I'm generally giving the unrequested, at least by them, hug. Usually it's it's getting the, the smiles back from people. So we've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guests, John Tobin and Ivy Gray, for joining us today. Thanks so much for letting us be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. If our listeners have any questions or wish to follow up, how can they find you, Ivy? You can find me on Twitter at Ivy B. Gray or at IVG at wordrake.com. And John? John Tobin, LA on Twitter or councilforcreators.com or just Google Council for Creators. Excellent. And also thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts can be found. I'm John Strohmeyer. Until next time, thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.